My name is Patrick Cole and I'm here with Tom Flynn. We're attorneys at Lurkin Hoffman. We're gonna talk about some business planning issues in the context of the current COVID-19 crisis. I'm gonna to touch on just general business planning and things to think of. And Tom, what are you gonna talk about? I'm gonna talk about troubled businesses and problems with creditors and what your options are either practically or under the law during this period. All right, that sounds good. So in terms of business planning, I'm gonna quote my favorite philosopher, Mike Tyson. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And it feels like we've all been punched in the mouth a dozen times over the last couple of months. Number one, just the fact that there's this crazy virus spreading throughout our communities. And then also the government's reaction to it with various executive orders shutting businesses down, the stay at home orders, our employees and friends and relatives are getting sick, needing to stay home. Some suppliers are having trouble securing and sourcing raw materials. And customers are disappearing or just not paying. And one thing to consider and to undertake during this process and to really do it on a daily basis is business planning. And continuous planning for every contingency is entirely worthwhile right now so that you can make some decisions now to avoid worst case scenarios. And when I'm talking about planning, it, it's not just forecasting or predicting this is what happens or that's what happens. I, I'm talking about looking at your cash flow and what could happen if the economy is reopened in two weeks. What happens if it's a month? Can you pay your creditors? Are you going to collect enough revenue to pay your employees? What does your supply chain look like? Are your suppliers able to provide you with the raw materials that you need to create your product or provide your services. Going back to the employees issue, you likely have an overhead problem. And some of that can be dealt with through layoffs or furloughs. You've got a plan for when you can bring your employees back. Some of them might be doing just fine on unemployment, but you might need them to come back to work when you're ready to start producing new product or providing your services again. So it's important to be on top of your business planning and, and really look at it all the time because it seems like, uh, and Tom, I think you'll agree with this, it seems like the rules change on almost a daily basis. Going along with that, you've got plenty of creditors, including landlords and, and lenders and contracting partners, you know, folks that you've agreed to sell products to at a specific price. And, and Tom's gonna talk more about this than I'm going to, but one thing that you should make sure you know one way or the other is, can you do what you've promised to do? And a, a thorough review of your contracts is worthwhile just to understand what you're scheduled to produce or sell and whether you have the ability to do that. And I'd say it's entirely worthwhile to get way in front of that be direct, be early, and be realistic with your communications, both to landlords, your lender, any suppliers, and any customers. They're going to be more willing to work with you if they think you're willing to work with them. Another aspect of planning is to take a look at your insurance policies. Now, your binder is typically a thick, dense document. I would not suggest that you rely on your insurance salesperson to tell you what coverage you have, I would get a hold of the paper and look it over, engage an attorney or other advisor to assist you in that process. 
insurance companies are not incentivized to tell you to submit a claim. And in fact, typically they make money by not having claims submitted. So you may have business interruption coverage. The COVID-19 scenario might have triggered it. It might not. There's a lot of uh, contention and writing out there on the internet, and it's starting to filter through to the courts. So my suggestion there is to be ready to tackle that when it, when it comes. Another planning opportunity is to take advantage of every single government relief program that you can get your hands on. Some of our partners, Todd Freeman and Dan Kedlick, just completed a podcast on the PPP loan. And I encourage you to check that out if you took advantage of that loan. But there are other opportunities like the Main Street loan, disaster loans, state grants, Department of Health and Human Services plugged a pile of money into every healthcare provider's account in the, in the country. With respect to the PPP loan and the other forgivable loans, it makes sense to sit down with a spreadsheet and figure out how you can get the most amount of those loan proceeds to be forgiven. It's not free money, as it were, but it's about as close as you can get. The last piece that I'll mention is there may be a tremendous opportunity for business development and planning for business development. You could spend some time to figure out if you have the opportunity for new sources of revenue, if there's a spin on your product or service. You see a lot of restaurants doing curbside. If you focus on attempting to bring in new revenue, that might help you weather the storm. Your first source for that new revenue is always going to be current clients and current customers. They already know who you are and they know what you do. And if you tap them on the shoulder, um, they might be willing to do business with you, especially if they're interested in your continued survival through this crisis. I'm going to conclude my remarks with the Winston Churchill quote, when you're going through hell, keep going. And that's, that's the advice that, that I'm trying to take during this period. So Tom, you're going to share with us some of your thoughts on dealing with creditors and out-of-court settlements and then bankruptcy issues, right? Yes. Thanks, Pat. My name's Tom Flynn. I've been a partner at Larkin Hoffman for, I'm afraid to say, how many years. My experience in insolvency, troubled businesses, creditor problems has been more than 30 years. And uh, I think people might be listening to me and contacting me more now than I've ever experienced because the scope of the problems concerning this virus are so large and so serious that people are looking for what the solutions are and how do we handle this if my business is suffering. There are basically three choices for businesses that are suffering from financial difficulty. That means they have creditors that can't be paid or creditors who won't accept agreements. Uh, One of the things most common recently is, of course, landlords. It is absolutely true that you can negotiate with your creditors out of court, and many people can do that depending on the extent of the problem and the number of creditors that you're having problems with. And uh, there's some rules about that, which I can get into, but basically don't agree to anything that you can't perform. So if they cut their rent for you and you still can't do it, you shouldn't agree. You should only put together a plan that will actually work. 
you can go farther than just negotiating with the problems of certain creditors. You can have what they call a composition plan outside of bankruptcy, where you basically write an agreement with all of your creditors and you put a plan together and get them to sign off on that. And under certain conditions, that can and does work and can be cheaper and very effective. However, they're difficult to put together because it requires consent of virtually every creditor. And often such consent is very difficult to get. So your other options are, at this point, Chapter 11. And an ordinary Chapter 11 has several advantages and does work and works for a reasonable price. It gets a bad reputation of being expensive, but it can work very well. What it does is it does two things. One, it stops any evictions by your landlord. It stops all lawsuits for collection of debt. It stops all lawsuits, period, against your company. It gives the company time to put together a plan that it can restructure its debt. And in the meantime, improves the company's cash flow by restricting or minimizing payments to your banks, to your equipment lenders, almost little or nothing is paid to them. And uh, nothing is paid to your unsecured creditors and interest does not accrue on their debt. So cash flow can improve immediately, substantially and very favorably. Chapter 11 does work. It has the effect of pushing a reset button on your business. And you are required to come out with a plan of reorganization and get substantial consent to the plan. But remarkably, substantial consent is almost always achieved and is successful. So I would recommend looking at that, even if it's something that you would never consider ever before. You know, under the current situation, this is something that you should know about. In addition to that, under the CARES Act, passed because of the financial problems of the COVID virus, there have been liberalizations granted by Congress under the bankruptcy code that makes it even more favorable for small businesses to file Chapter 11 this year. Basically, a subchapter five of Chapter 11 was passed by Congress, which is aimed at primarily small businesses. Small businesses are defined with businesses that have debts of 7.5 million or less. This would take in most small businesses. And the advantage of subchapter five is it increases the likelihood of confirmation of a plan, gives you all the advantages of a regular chapter 11, stops all collections, stops all evictions, stops lawsuits and claims, gives you time. You still don't have to pay your bank, little if anything, or your secured lenders or equipment vendors. Nothing is paid to your unsecured creditors, but it has eliminated some of the extra expense and administrative problems with a regular Chapter 11. It, one, eliminates the need for a creditor's committee, which normally under a normal Chapter 11, a company would have to pay the fees for a creditor's committee attorney. It eliminates that. It uh, expedites when a plan can be filed. It, it reduces the costs of approving a plan 
because normally a plan requires several additional complicated filings which are eliminated under the small business provision of subchapter five. It allows certain payments incurred during the chapter 11 to be extended in a longer period of time to pay them. It also eliminates under normal chapter 11, the substantial consent from creditors is eliminated. So it makes it much easier to confirm a plan and to get it through all at less expense, at less administrative problem, and very favorably and very quickly for the small business. So this is something that is available to businesses just this year. So a filing would have to be done this year unless it's extended by Congress. And so at a reduced expense, cash flow can be improved, lawsuits eliminated, and a very favorable plan, which you basically restructure your debts and pay them sometimes not at all or very little percentage on the dollar. And if you do pay them in full, you get a substantial period of time to pay them. And so that can be redone. So this is something you should be aware of and keep it in mind because it will work and will help a number of businesses that would not have any other option. Pat, that's about it on those issues from me. Any questions? Can you talk a little bit more about the automatic stay and the implementation of the automatic stay can help a business basically stiff arm their creditors from the short term? Yes, by filing a bankruptcy, there's an injunction issued by the federal government, basically the bankruptcy court, stopping all creditors from any legal actions of any kind against the company. And so if you're in the middle of an eviction, it stops. If there's a lawsuit, it stops. Defending those can be expensive. If they get a judgment, they can garnish your account and take your money. That we can't allow to happen. So it stops all of that. And that alone is sometimes a good reason to file a Chapter 11. It also, and it's very important to understand, greatly and usually greatly improves cash flow because you stop paying these people as well. And except for certain post-petition expenses, Many pre-petition debts are, do not need to be paid, or if they are paid, there's minimal amounts due. And so those two things alone can be very, very advantageous. Thanks, Tom. If both the federal and the state governments are continuing to pass legislation providing stimulus relief to small and mid and large businesses during this time, we're gonna stay abreast of those and you might follow up with another podcast when new legislation is passed and guidance is issued. Thanks, Pat. I wanna thank you for listening to this. If you need advice or help uh, now or in the future concerning insolvency, problems with creditors or a troubled business, I would love to help you and talk to you about it. Feel free to contact me at T Flynn, F-L-Y-N-N, at larkinhoffman.com anytime and uh, I'd be happy to talk to you and that's all I have Pat I can be reached at pcole at larkinhoffman.com I'd be happy to assist you with business planning and gear you in the direction of Tom for insolvency and workout issues thanks for listening